Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, hello everyone. It is Redmen Radio, the Liverpool podcast from us, the guys at the Redmen TV. I am your host, Paul Machin. Sat with me around the table today for one final time this season. Um, we've got Ross Chandler, we've got Ben Kelly, and we've got Bailey Shaw as well. Ross, Hi. Hi. Ben, hi. Hi. <laughs> Bailey, hi. Hello. Um, yeah, this is pretty much the last thing we're recording before Madrid. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to starting to bubble under. We'll talk all about that in due course. The kickoff question this week comes from K8A, um, who says, anyone had any crazy dreams about the final yet? I still haven't really properly thought about it. I'm still high on Lies. content from Barcelona. Lies. No, I'm not. It's just, we've been that fucking busy this week. Yeah. Just not had time to think about it. I'm in your, I'm in your I, I barely watched the Europa League final last night because we've been doing stuff or recording stuff or whatever. Mm. Because who gives a fuck <laughs> about the Europa League well, final? Yeah, and that, yeah. But it's like, no, I'm still, I'm still watching highlights from Barcelona game. Yeah. And it's, like, I'm, it, it's mad because I think last season there was so much pressure and excitement because we didn't expect to be there. Not that we expected to this time, but it's, I just read an article with like, it still doesn't feel real. Mm. Because and then, therefore I've not thought about it. I haven't got there in my head yet. I mean, we, we discovered. Well, I discovered in one of the most bizarre circumstances this week that Chris has had a crazy dream, which I, I found out via the medium of him explaining his dream to Alex Oxlade Chamberlain and Jordan Henderson. <laughs> um, we did a bit on the on, our, on the Machin Page podcast this week. It's going out on Friday about how don't you should never tell professional footballers about things that you've done, superstitions or things that you've done that affects the outcome of football matches. Well, they just don't appreciate it because yeah. ultimately they're the ones doing all the hard work. But Chris basically told him he had a dream about how he um, he scuffed a crossing for the assist that scored the winning goal. So he didn't even score the winning goal in his dream. He just dreamt that he got this. I I I haven't dreamt about it. I haven't dreamt about the final yet. Other than I dreamt that we beat Juventus in it about um, three or four weeks ago or whatever. You know what I mean? It would have been, yeah, about four weeks I guess when they were still in the competition. Um, but no, I, it's I only... dreamt we beat Barcelona four 0 when we were three 0 down. Did you? Is that, is that genuine truth? That happens. It's the actual reality of what happened. Okay, anyone, anyone else? Any takers? I, I had a dream of, I think it must have been around the weekend because it was the Istanbul anniversary. I had, I had a dream that we lost to AC Milan and like a mad game, like 4-3. And I woke up really sad and then realised that it, what, it was one of them dreams where you wake up and for like 10 seconds you think it was real. And then, and then there was a, there was this overwhelming sense of belief that I hadn't like half watched the Champions League because yeah, dreams never vivid. Yeah. It's just 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. having the, the I'm having anxiety dreams about not about the final, but about getting to the final. About like because mm. it's bad enough traveling. So we, you know, when I just had a little break. I always say you can't relax until you put your bag on the bed in the hotel yeah. or whatever it is. That's the moment where you go, you drop your bag and you go, oh. And you can finally appreciate it. Whereas the, the mad thing about traveling for forty is you've got so many other hoops to jump through. And in this instance, I've still got to collect my ticket in, in in Madrid. So like I've got that whole like nightmare. It's like it's a bit like when you ever you stay over somewhere and you've got to get a train or, or a flight the next morning. You never sleep well that mm. night because you've got that hanging over your head of like, what if I sleep late? What if my alarm doesn't go off? What if I miss it? Not going to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking forever early. Yeah, yeah. I was an accident. Wait, if you're at football, I'll have left a week early. I'll be there now. Yeah. It, just to make sure. Yeah, I um, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've had I've had a lot of them, but no actual dreams about the final. Just yeah, I'll save them for tonight probably. Um, okay, news before we move on. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's confirmed that Roberto Firmino was, will likely be fit for this one, but no Naby Keita. Uh, Bailey, it was always going to be a long shot for Naby to be available for this one. Mm-hmm. I think we all had a little moment where we saw the news that he'd gone with the to the to the camp in Marbella that maybe there might be some yeah. miraculous recovery, but it's a shame because. We were, you know, we were just starting to see the real Naby Keita in the last few weeks. I think it would have been a great option, but I think most importantly, above it, above all else, getting Firmino fit has got to be priority number one. Yeah, Firmino is the star man, and as much as I'll sing Divock's praises till I die, like with Firmino and that team, we're a whole. We, we step it up a level big time. Like to prepare for Liverpool with Firmino, and it's is impossible because we're like a Rubik's cube. When he's in the team, he does so much. You don't know if he's going to play the nine or um, you know if he's going to play the ten. You don't know if he's going to go wide. He's just he drags men like no other player on our team does. And the Navigator stuff it, it is a shame because I think we were seeing starting to see like the Navigator that we had signed. You know, it caught up with that lag of what it takes players to settle in, and we were seeing the Navigator of, of um, Leipzig. But I think that an interesting option I think is nice is that we've had in, in that position Oxlade Chamberlain's appearance, yeah. and I think that that's a really encouraging factor. I don't know the level of his fitness, but it's mm-hmm. nice to know. Bobby's on the bench, and instead of it being, you know, oh, we've got an Adam Lallana to come on, you've got Oxlade Chamberlain, you know, the guy well, who was so even, important. And moreover, you, it's not like, oh, thank God we've yeah. got Oxlade Chamberlain on the bench. Because mm. mm. if, if we, we should hopefully not have to use him, we mm. should hopefully not. We should, in, mm. in the ideal world, we won't see a single second of Alex Oxlade yeah, Chamberlain exactly. at the weekend. Um, what, did you did anyone read the player tribune, Andy Robertson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What yeah. I thought was really interesting about the, the Cater stuff, actually, taking from the Robertson interview, Ben, is that. Robbo talks about that time of not being in the side and being a bit disappointed and being in and out. And we, yeah. you know, we all we didn't know it at the time. We've said it since, and we've used Robertson as an example to put onto Fabinho and Cater about how Klopp just likes to make everyone get bedded in, and, and how you get the feeling of that with with Cater. That's why it's so disappointing because mm. it felt like it maybe a slightly elongated period, but he had finally bedded in. He finally felt himself a Liverpool player. And to just you know that, that I mean obviously it's the Barcelona game isn't it that he that he picks up the the, the injury yeah. in, in the new camp, such a shame for him because he, he, I think he's going to have a transformative effect on our midfield when we get him in more regularly. Um, so yeah, it, it, it would have been nice to have that extra that extra just that extra body. Factor, yeah. yeah, yeah, even that even that just that extra. But no, it, it is disappointing. Because, as you say, we were starting to see the best of him, but at the same time, I'm not sure it has started the game anyway. I think I think the the midfield three for me is pretty much nailed on for Benio Henderson, Wijnaldum. Um, if if any other midfield starts, I will be I'll be surprised. Well, it's mad, isn't um, it? We did, we did this on the build up show. I mean. Ben says that I actually I hundred I one hundred percent agree. That's the midfield that I think, and yet we started Milner 
um, at Anfield and we started catering in the new camp. Yeah, you know, yeah, so if, yeah. if he had been fit, there's every chance we could have gone with any other combination there. And yeah. that's the complete difference to, to last year when you're saying about Alana coming on this this time, you know, there's a range of midfielders or even you could argue defensive people that can that can start or, or up front. You know, we mentioned Rigi before. Well, four uh, fits into half. Yeah, we've got, we've got the, the, the right-back option. For the first time in about, I don't know, 10 years, we've got a squad. And you know we've had a, we've had squads of sorts. We're not squads with quality. You can look at the bench, and you, like you said before, like we've got options who should we bring on. And it's an advantage for us, like you know Spurs guessing game who's going to start in that midfield. I think you get something from each midfield that we've got. I think Fabinho's nailed on for me, and to probably Henderson as well. I think the toss-up between Genie and Milner, yeah. but Milner brings you that that mentality and, and experience that the others haven't really got. They have from last season, and they want to do it. But you saw Genie, you know, he was annoyed that he didn't start at Barcelona. Yeah. Anfield came yeah. on and changed the game and scored. So I think you know, it's, to me, Milner's got the best attributes of being probably the best sub you could have on the yeah. bench because yeah. obviously last year we didn't have Fabinho, so we were having to play one album in that six. Whereas now you've you've pushed everyone up a bit, so you know you've got Hendo in the in in the eight slash ten, one album in the eight, and Fabinho in the six. Where if it's the seventieth minute and we have got a lead. We've got a, a, a leader to bring on the pitch. But whatever situation sense. we're in, it's yeah. whatever situation in Milner's the ideal sub to have, and you know, and on top. There's of three that, positions on that pitch, Ben. Where if you had to bring Milner yeah. on, and as much as we'd be aware, Saif not having Trent or Robertson yeah. or any of the midfielders in. Yeah. You're not going. Oh my God! It's not like bringing Lallana on mm. to replace Mo Salah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I think the other thing that we've got to consider is that if James Milner starts and it goes to penalties, is he lasting 120 minutes? You yeah. want him on a penalty. If he comes on after an hour, you know, and it's level, or we're chasing a goal, and then we get that equaliser and we go into extra time. As much as it's a nerve-wracking thing to think about, it's something that that will be being considered at Melwood this week. Mm. You know, they, they must be talking about okay, well, what situation are we going to go into if if the game goes like this and like this? And I think I just don't. I just think that, that I think it's an advantage almost for Tottenham because they they're pretty much certain of what we're going to do. I think mm-hmm. I think with them, there's a little bit more. We're guessing a little bit more of them. You know, are they going to play Kane? You know, the Mora, which midfielder are they going to play? Are they going to, are they going to play Deli Ali? You know, it, 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 there's a bit more of a lottery to them. I think, unless so, that's the only reason I can sort of think that Klopp might want to start Milner because it's a little bit more of a, a surprise on the night. You know, if he wants to start the and, and play, bring on Wijnaldum later on. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll allow Tottenham's thinking to come in. In the way of his thinking, though, I think he'll just pick the team that he wants to pick. I don't think the occasion will get to Milner. You know, the mm-hmm. first five, ten minutes is crucial because everyone like nerves are on edge and stuff, and you need someone with that experience and 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 now to kind of calm <coughs> things down. Or you know, we saw with like Neymar and other people just throwing a tackle, let's not in there and go. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is. Isn't it mad though? Because again, these the, situ- the situation where we're in, you can go through the squad, and I can make a, I can make a case for being fine with any almost any player going in there. And the Wayne Aldum stuff is because I can I can look at it and go, well look at his impact off the bench against Barcelona as mentioned, comes in and scores. But look at him from the start in Rome. You know, he goes and he goes and gets the goal that basically puts us in the final yeah. last season. You know, it, it, it's the, the the biggest moment of that of that away game. What a time to score an away goal for a few teams. They could both start. Genie played a ten not so long ago, didn't yeah. he? Bobby's not yeah. injured. Go and put him in there. Oh God. <laughs> I, think, I think the the best thing for me is like it, like you say, you know, Milder's got the leadership qualities. I think that for the first time ever we've got nine players on that pitch bar Fabinho Malison who've done this before you know they've, they've actually finally got all of them have got a cup final experience in them and that's something that we've not had you know Milner's been the guy that's the only guy on our team that's won a Premier League he's, he's, he's the guy that knows what it takes but we've now done last season a Champions League final and now a title race very early on in the evolution of this football of this squad 
So I think that that's the biggest thing that we've got over Tottenham is, you know, we've done this against Real Madrid, you know, and, and as much as they might understand Liverpool, Liverpool in the Premier League is very different to Liverpool in the Champions League and in a cup final. So it'd be really exciting to see sort of how, how Tottenham actually fare mental, uh, mentally-wise. Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more. In fact, we're going to talk a lot more about it because we're in the Champions League final. Um, before we do, two things to let you know. If you want to hear more about Jürgen Klopp's press conference and more of the news around Liverpool Football Club, we've done a, a Reds News Roundup special, which is on the RedmenTV.com. We pick through the best bits of Jürgen's uh, pre-Champions League press conference from the media day and talk through them in depth. It was me, Ross and Steen. It was a very, very good show indeed. Uh, in addition, this week's sponsor, is Threads for Reds. I am currently sporting the Trabs t-shirt, which I think we can just about see. It is fit. It is so fit. And you can get it on Threads for Reds. Threadsforreds.com. Moving away from the mic to show you and still talking. Threadsforreds.com. Um, there's a code. I believe it's still I believe it's still running because uh, <laughs> I didn't check this out with Chris before doing this because he's away. Um Caps Red Men 10 with the number 10. So it's R E D M E N 1 0 to get yourself 10% off at threadsforreds.com. Um, the final then, oh my. Um, how is the level of anticipation? Ben, how are you? Uh, have you have you coped this, fa- this past few weeks? Um, at, at first, it was, I kind of had a hangover from not only Pot World, but also <laughs> <laughs> the Premier League season in general. I, I you know, there's been a lot of talk about the the break, you know, and and the gap, and you know, is that whole momentum all this? And I like last season there was a two week break, and and that that felt like enough last season because we yeah. didn't have such a stressful leave campaign. I was almost happy for an extra week this time, from my own perspective, in terms of I understand the impact that it might have on the team and you know Tottenham and yada yada. That's been discussed at length, mm-hmm. but for me, I was happy to just take that first week to just go. I'm relaxed, you know. Yeah. I was out. Me, like me, uni stuff had all finished. Like I was ramping up work and stuff like that, and I was just like, I'm ready to take a step away from this just for a little while before I really have to start thinking about this. It's re- only really in the last week. Like I, you know, obviously we've been doing our content. I've watched a lot of the Anfield Raps content, which has been great. But also listening to all that and watching all that, I felt it last year as well. Where like it's that time of the year where. All the podcasts, all the football podcasts in the world are talking about the Champions League final. Yeah. So listening to all that has made my anticipation go up, but also made me a lot more nervous. The, um, the funny thing about it is, really, uh, there's been a bit of a dearth of content around the place. I think, as much as you write, mm-hmm. and you know, if I, if I spread me wings a bit further afield, I could probably find. I'm sure the, the Guardian are probably doing it, and all yeah. these kind of things as well. Like, but like the the Echo haven't done the same kind of podcasts. Um, and the the rapper did one early doors, which was was consumed long before I really needed needed it kind oh. of thing. And, I, and we we've only just really started to 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 to, to bring it on. I listened to our uh, boss boss night unplugged. I was, I was halfway through that listening to that in the car before, and that's the first thing that really got me. Like like I've. I've been, I, I went. I was fine. I wasn't really thinking about it. I had a bit of a holiday. Came back to the media day, and that made me feel really good. But like the that bubbling under nervous anticipation thing hit me at six o'clock this morning okay. when I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep. <laughs> and that's where we, I think we're all at now. We're now at that point where. There's no escaping it. It's we, there's a there's a ticking clock countdown yeah. to kick off, mm. and it's about how many of those hours of the day can we sleep away mm. or fill with as much Liverpool content as we can. Yeah, definitely, and like. Do you know what? The start of this show where you said, you know, this is the last show we do before we could be six stars from from here on out. Mm. That exact moment, I felt my stomach drop. You know, yeah. like because I because I'm, I'm with Ross. You know, it's been very full throttle since the season's finished uh, doing content and stuff. So like to, to sit down and be like, oh, 
let's talk about what's happening in two days' time. It's, it's mental. But for me, like, obviously, you mentioned the Echo and the Guardian and stuff. I'm more of a, a modern person, so I consume my media more through really YouTube. <laughs> yeah. A modern person. Don't get it. For, I'm not like I'm reading a the newspapers, <laughs> Bailey. Jesus Christ, I'm not getting it via my phonograph. So my, yeah, my content I mean, comes that from... pitching it's in there. That's mine, that. <laughs> <laughs> But the town criers just come <laughs> and deliver the TV. Yeah, it's a raven. But um, no, I. The, the thing for me is, you're right. Like there's been a wash of content of people from left and right field talking about Liverpool and Spurs. And like, for example, like the True Julio, I watched a video that he did with Lawrence about uh, Spurs and Liverpool. I watched like Joe Weller specifically made a podcast to talk about this, and he's a Brighton slash Chelsea fan. And it's like listening. To, I my favorite thing is listening to. Other fans' opinion on Liverpool because we we, mm. we work in Liverpool. You know, we we know yeah. each other's opinions. We know we do the newsroom every week. We know about as well as anyone everyone's opinion on Liverpool. So to hear the rival fans' opinion, it's yeah. so interesting to yeah. me to see like okay, so from a Newcastle perspective, how do you see Liverpool? Who do you think is going to win? And that excites me because I've not watched one podcast yet or listened to one podcast yet where everyone's when nobody's put their money on Liverpool. Yeah. I know, and that makes me more nervous. Exactly. To be honest, it's exactly. more it's, it, it's so strange being the favourites in yeah. this for once. Um, I mean, we've I, I yeah. I mean, this is the thing we always talk about the generational thing in Liverpool and what's my Liverpool. I my mean, dad's Liverpool is different to my Liverpool, and my yeah. Liverpool is difficult. They're different to your Liverpool, Ben. Just it's just a, the area of Liverpool you, that you grow up with, and I am so I, I'm so used to being uncomfortable with Liverpool being the favourite. Because whenever we're the favourites, we always seem to make harder work of it. And and people say, well, hang on, we went the favourites in Istanbul. And like, I know that's, I mean, that's just a mad outlier of a game. But we went into 2001, the, the UEFA Cup final against Alaves. <laughs> we beat fucking Barcelona on the way to get there. And we had Alaves in the final and we had to go to a golden goal. And I was 17 and in pieces by the end of that, by the end of that game. I think of um, Cardiff in the League in the League Cup final. You mm, think of yeah. Birmingham in the League Cup final. West Ham. West Ham in the FA Cup final. Exactly, you know, so but the, yeah, it, there's a very there's a really weird vibe I think around the whole thing this time, Ross. That we talked a lot about this on the on the build up, of course, but I, I think it's it's so important. There's a real sense of optimism, but there's a real sense of I say calm or power or whatever. It's the most comfortable I've felt with Liverpool yeah. being the, op- the, the 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 favourites is what I'm saying. We spend so much of our time talking about this team and this squad and how they're growing and developing but we never talk about how fans are doing it as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go through those motions and I'm sure you use, I've mentioned you a different generation. You know, I remember Istanbul quite well. I was 15, 16 at the time and he's probably a, a lot, seven. Yeah, a lot younger so you don't have that in your, and you've seen finals where we've fallen apart and stuff. But from last season, it's difficult to go be. There's a fine line between arrogance and, and confidence, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being confident. There's nothing wrong with supporting your team or thinking actually we might be the favourites here without being arrogant about it and just say actually no, we are good. You know, ninety-seven points, the third highest total in, in Premier League history. You know, you've got stuff to shout about, haven't you? Really, yeah. to get to a final to beat Barcelona for Why shouldn't you be made up with this team? And why why shouldn't you go? As you mentioned, every department, and we've seen the growth in this side again from last season. Of the squad depth and the quality of going, actually, I feel a lot more mentally prepared for if something does go wrong. I know Klopp was asking in the press conference, it was Salah goes, well, the answer's there, isn't it? Well, you know, we got Chamberlain on there, we got, you know, Origi, someone else to come on. That gives that feels me confidence, and obviously, Carrie's not being there at all. Yeah, <laughs> it feels a bit <laughs> like, the, yeah, well, yeah. it feels a bit like the 97 points thing. We're, if, if we're able to win this, it feels like we'll be able to be made up. With, with finishing second in the league, which sounds daft because because we live in this weird culture and there's a few things that I've noticed that are doing my head in around the build-up to all this, but it's that, like, because 
because of like the whole winding Arsenal about the fourth place trophy thing for, for years and because of the whole Spurs putting the pressure on thing that became a bit of a meme a couple of years ago we're all terrified to be happy of a club with a club that hasn't won a trophy yeah. and we're absolutely fine to be happy with that because it's all about your experience it's all about the things the memories you make along the way and your, enjoy, your sense of enjoyment from it along the way but it's um, I, I really feel as though you know on the you've got the flip side and the, and the the real negative potential future which we won't look into because I'm not Doctor Strange I don't need to see every possible <laughs> outcome I'll just prepare to I'll prepare to focus on the on the positive instead if we win the European Cup we can look at it and go well bloody hell it's a team that got to, that won the European Cup and got the third highest points total in the, in, in 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 league history that's a massive achievement yeah. mm. you can couple them together it's kind of like how man city are adding on the the the, the, the charity shield mm. to a, to a season when you won loads you can do that when you've won loads of other trophies you don't want to have an open top bus tour yeah. for a charity shield or for finishing second but it adds to the spirit of positivity around the whole package mm. when you've got something actually to to, to, to celebrate despite that gap that you mentioned before i've still not had time to to think about that either mm. I know I mentioned it then, but I've still not had time to appreciate how good this side is and how far we've come because it was so erratic the last two months of the season of watching mm. watching City and watching us and then like being disappointed to then go, I'm actually switching mindset because you've got another a huge game in, in that three That will come when the dust settles. You know, when, oh, yeah, no, when we get into the summer and we do the review yeah. stuff, that yeah. I think that yeah. will definitely come when because you've you've got to you've got to preach and you've got to look at man city as well and you know when again when the dust settles you'll be will we'll be able to finally appreciate how good they are because yeah. we've been comparing us with them all season you know we will have that opportunity you know, it, it, it is what it is if we lose it will look at be disappointing it will be a disappointing season and it shouldn't be because no 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 but it should <laughs> but it shouldn't be should it because getting to a champions league final and finishing second league and the points blah 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 represents such a Stellar step forward, a, a massive leap forward in terms of Liverpool quality. But but that's the thing, isn't it? You know, next week, hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, breathe that huge, huge sigh of relief, have a nice drink, you know, mull it all over, pick the bones out of it, and and we'll finally have context for the whole I for the whole season. I've just got such a stark contrast from the season of last season because last Robertson mentioned it in his in his article that. You know, he says he doesn't like talking about you know fairy tale and things being called dreamland because if you work hard, you work hard and and you get the results that that you work for. But for me, last season did feel like a bit fairy tale. Mm-hmm. A with you know the draw that we got with Porto and Roma, but then also smashing City. But we we also had pretty subpar goalkeeper. We didn't have a, a defined defensive midfield like we do now, and we had one incredible right winger and two really good forwards, but they weren't really on the same level as Salah last season, and it felt like a, such a stretch. And when we when it did fall, it just felt it felt gutting. Whereas now it does feel like this is the hard work we for so many years. And I and I thought I felt this is, was a change was changed last season, but I can see it more so this season. That for years we've always been built around one or two players. Mm. So in, in 08 09, well, and then the couple of seasons leading up to that, we needed Fernando Torres to be in the side because yeah. we just weren't the same side without Torres yeah. in there. In the, you know, in, in the early noughties, you needed Michael Owen in your team, yeah. you needed Robbie Fowler in your team, you needed Luis Suarez in your team. Um, I mean, that's a, a slight a, a, a sea change slightly because obviously we still had storage, which, yeah. which helped in that regard. And that's kind of why it's a bit more similar. We've moved on a touch, but you're right, Salah was so far ahead. 
ahead the best player we had yeah. even though he wasn't meant to be because the whole squad was brilliant and they worked great it still left us in that situation where when you took him out it felt like an absolute kick in the balls yeah. whereas now you know you just you make, you make you put Sadio Mane centre forward yeah. and he'll score and you know I'll, yeah. I will bring Shakiri on or we'll put Divakariki left wing or we'll put Divakariki centre forward mm. and, and and you're right this is the first time in in, in in, in forever it, it hasn't felt you're right like it's all predicated on this like flying by the seat of our pants yeah. we need everything to, to be perfect yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's I think Spurs helped with that as well because I think the fact we had Real Madrid at the time two time back to back Champions League winning players with Ronaldo who was on fire with Zidane who was having a fantastic season it felt like we were coming we dragged our way into that final and then we had to face the final boss which was Real yes. Madrid yeah. like they were they were the, the, the peak of football at the time, and then this—it's the first time you face M Bison on Street Fighter, and you go, "Holy yeah, yeah, hell! Yeah. What's that massive flame thing get, he's doing?" Or you get Mike Tyson. I'm on fire! I'm on fire! When you get Mike Tyson in Punch Out, and you're like, "Oh, give me a break!" <laughs> like that exact—that's how it felt. Whereas now it's Spurs, it feels like we've got a much more considered game plan, and like you say, you've got balance across the teams. I think the, the two teams are much more balanced. It just feels more. Bearable, you know, yeah. and 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 I, I can I can much more comprehend this season after the performances and the, the season we've had yeah. as opposed to last season. Ba- Bailey mentioned like the the fans of other clubs and that watching it and and and, and talking about it and anticipating and all that. The rea- some of the reactions that I realise, of course, it's not it's not it's not a criticism of people in general because people's anxieties get the better of them. I think more so in in the modern world, it's it's, it's mad how everyone's got like the expression "my anxiety, my anxieties." It's a separate thing, of course, but it comes out because we've all got superstitions, even if they're very very deeply rooted. You know, I try. I promised myself I wasn't going to have any this season. I was going to go in a different turn style every week, <laughs> and I was going to have you know do go to different bars and use different toilets in the ground and all that, and then. By a quarter of the way into the season, I was doing exactly the same yeah. thing every single time. It's just the the way it is. But I realised how this the nerves and stuff been around it. Or everyone, certain people, it's just it's a massive trigger. The pressure of the final come up is a massive trigger for people. And I've seen so many people who were just desperate. Like I put a tweet out about that because I saw it was on the kickoff and I saw Hugh Wizzy of the Europa League final. Basically, they just scored the fourth. He's dead buried and he started saying, oh, I'm supporting Liverpool. And it really did my head in because I was just like, I don't fucking want you as a Liverpool yeah, fan, yeah. mate, to be honest. I don't want, I don't want fucking Balenci, don't care, supporting our, supporting our football team because it's just going to add to the whole. Environment around it, like oh fuck you, Liverpool, you you lose yeah. your dickheads if it go it goes wrong. We don't want the bandwagon jumpers no. in this regard. No. I want people who genuinely support Liverpool. If you want to go and buy a Liverpool scarf and Liverpool shirt and you want to go and sing the songs and jump up and down, by all means, go and do it. But there's but then loads of people have jumped on me back about it because like like kind of like I really like Arsenal or uh, we should get all the support we take all the support we can get. Fuck that. You know, people hate us. We're not a charity. Well, no, no, but people... I fucking hate Arsenal for a start because, I, you know, I had the first heartbreak I suffered in football days. I mean, look, on a serious note, I remember Hillsborough, and it came after Hillsborough, of course, was losing the, the, the league to them in 89, but that was the first time I watched a Liverpool game of football and remember watching it and remember feeling the devastation of, of seeing it. So I've never truly liked Arsenal. I've had a, I developed a soft spot for their brand of football at times in the early days on the Wenger. Yeah. I like some of their players over the years and what have you, but fuck Arsenal. But this is the thing... But it's like, I just, we, I love the siege mentality of it all. And that's the only problem with all of this stuff is all the things that it breeds. We should give a fuck about what other people think we do. All other fans, we're buying ourselves. I've had this conversation and almost argument with me mates over the, well, this year and last year. I get it a bit more this year because they're not Liverpool fans. They're a bit more neutral. So 
like they don't want to watch it in Liverpool because they don't want to be swayed by a crowd. But like last year with Real Madrid, and I had I had the argument with like with one of my mates in particular because basically everybody else was like in the Liverpool camp and, and happy to go out, and he was like, "Well, I want Real Madrid to win," and I was like, "Well, don't come then." Don't, don't, I don't want to stand there and actively, if you're going to actively stand there and want Real Madrid to win this game, I don't want to watch it with you. And I don't want to watch it if you're going to stand there and cheer for Liverpool because you feel like you've got to because you're in a Liverpool bar with Liverpool fans. If, if you, as a, as a QPR fan, by the way, if you want to come down and genuinely wish us well, then by all means come and we'll have a good day. But don't just stand there and think... Well, I've got to cheer this goal because yeah. I'm I'm peer pressured into doing it, and really I want Real Madrid to win, or really I want Tottenham to win. Just it, go away, go it's go away. It's too important <laughs> yeah. for, to ha- for me to have to yeah. waste a percentage yes. of my brain yeah. power on concerned about what on you, you yeah. and being in my space yeah. when I'm having to concentrate upon this thing. I've had it before, like you know, it, you rise. It to be honest, it's like when my mum watches. If I remember my dad's watching the game, my mum comes in and goes like, "What's the score?" And it's like. <laughs> Just go look away! At the fucking telly and see the score. <laughs> if you want to see the score, mom, love you. But like, and don't and don't go like see the score and it's bad and go. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? And it's like <laughs> it is bad. We, we, I had this actually last year because me, me, and my brother went to my dad's house and. Um, my brother actually kicked up such a fuss because his own mum was going to come and watch it, and he was like, "Dad, no, not happening." Like, and he, he texted her and was like, "Mum, I love you, but I'm watching it with my, my dad and my brother." Like, and he was like, "Because there's a difference with it. It's just." You want to be around like-minded people that know the stakes. Yeah. You don't want people there like, what are they doing? Is that offside? And you're like, it's a fucking goal kick. Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's not even, for me, it's not even the real, the real thing. Like, my mum knows the rules of football. My mum's gone to football when, you know, in the early days. She's been to Liverpool games all over the place in the early days of her going out with my yeah. dad. So she doesn't, she's not she's not like that, you know, because that's another breed of person for who don't, and this is not this is not limited to women, by the way. This is not the sexism part of the podcast. This is limited to people who just don't like football. Yeah. It's like when I, when I got thrown into having to watch the Rugby World Cup in 2003, I was that person. Well, why is that? Why is that? You know what I mean? I'm a bellend. You know, I'd, I'd have annoyed the life out of any genuine rugby fans at, at that time. But it is that thing of, like, bless her. Like, my wife wouldn't give a, a toss about watching it, watching it at all. Mm. But my mum was round at, at our house for the Barcelona game. And my mum was basically the one who put it on the telly. Because she gives it, she cares. Yeah. But not, like, you can't have it. I can't have it. And I don't want this. I feel like saying this. And, and the thing about the Champions League is... Look, it's it's the, it's the biggest game in football. All the eyes yep. are going to be on it, and you've got to take the rough with the smooth because you know it will win a generation of new fans. If we win this, if we win this game, we'll win a generation of new fans just for being in it because this will be the first Liverpool game that loads of people watch, and they might just be sparked into into sharing the love for the football club, and that'll grow that'll grow from there. But the the most important line I put in the tweet was just like Arsenal fans, go and have Aldi lads. Just go and have a break from footy, honestly, give it a miss because there's nothing to be... You're not going to win because you're not going to gain enjoyment from seeing Liverpool win it and you're gonna, it's going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to you if Spurs win it. Just do what all the Evertonians are doing. Just yeah. go and book the caravan. Yeah. Just go and book the caravan, go to pictures. Go to Wales. Go somewhere else. Go Get away Get away from it all because, and, and then if it goes your way and you, you, you still have all your gifts and your, and, your, and, your, and your pictures and your stills and all that to, to, to banter your mates to death with in the, in, the, in the ensuing days, weeks, months and years. Mm. But just stay fucking clear of it. If you've, got, if you've got nothing nice to say, then say nothing. You know what I mean? Isn't that a sign of how far we've come and how far they've fallen? They're clinging on all hopes that, you know, the happiness of their season is Spurs losing a Champions League final because... They've done nothing. It's told you, Schadenfreude, that's what it is. And we've had one. But, and look, 
I'm, this is the hypocrisy of being a football fan, of course. Like because I two things, I've lived for twenty five years of my life enjoying the fuck out of every Man United defeat, yeah, yeah. and every time they've not won it, I loved what I watched the Barcelona Champions League final when Barcelona won, and I've I was I've been that gobshite except I, know, I was actively rooting against the team that I hate. You know what I mean? There's a difference. Mm. I don't mind everyone not supporting us. That's fine. I don't want people. I don't want people who don't give a fuck supporting us to be honest. But again, hypocrisy, and it was mentioned to me on Twitter. You know, we were happy to throw a lot in behind Leicester and Burnley and all this stuff along the way. So, I think, sorry, because there was also a few Arsenal fans that were happy for Arsenal to lose it. It meant that Tottenham would lose as well on Saturday. And I was like, I, mean, yeah. I was like, what the, why the fuck would you want that? That's that's another level. That that's another level yeah. of 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 weirdness in, in 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 my eyes. But I think I agree with what you're saying to an extent in terms of I, w- I don't want teams supporting us because they want Tottenham to lose. But at the same time, I enjoy the fact that, as you say, this is the biggest game possibly in world football. And for the second year in a row, we're going to have millions and millions of people watching our team on Sunday. And that, that gives me an immense yeah. sense of pride that, you know, I, I was saying I was saying to Tom upstairs before when dealing with customers in the shop, it's like Christmas at the moment because it's like, you know, you're building up to Christmas, you're like, have a good Christmas. It's At the moment, it's like, well, enjoy the final on Saturday, yeah. and next week it'll be, did you enjoy the final? Hope, you know, hopefully they have and all that. And it's like... This is the Apple spoke, script, is it? it? Yeah, well, well, yeah, apparently, yeah. Jordan Belfort but in, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the, well, it's, it's the classic um, trying Ice to fill it. awkward silences <laughs> with, with, oh, you're with never people in retail. Ah, yeah, never mind. But the point I'm driving at is I've spoken to so many people this week who don't care about football at all, but they're watching the game on Saturday because it's so good for the city. And that, for me, like this time last year when I watched my team walk out alongside Real Madrid and walk past that trophy and add the red ribbon on the one side. I know Kiev was amazing because it had them like steps leading up to the pitch. Like That was possibly one of the proudest moments of my life because all my I was stood with all my mates who aren't Liverpool fans like, well, that's my team, yeah. and that, and that I'm I'm gonna watch them do this win or lose. It's the same this weekend, and 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 in a way, like it just it's just a sense of pride. That's all it is. It's like it's, seeing, it, it's like seeing one of your best mates on the red carpet at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's but such a yeah. culturally significant thing. And when you're a football fan, it's like the world the World Cup's got it, but international football has just taken such a nosedive, in my opinion, over the last you know twenty years or whatever. The, the, the importance isn't quite the same because club football is the the be all mm-hmm. and end all ultimately. And I tried to explain to people last year, having never been to a Champions League final in person before, because you know I was I didn't go to Istanbul, I didn't go to Athens. I was too young for all the for the other for the other ones in the eighties, and I'm not born in the seventies. So I to just the sense of walking round the, the stadium in, in Kiev beforehand, it's just like I, just, I spent half an hour walking around the stadium just breathing mm. and just trying to look at everything I could look at because you're right there's something so incredible about it and that's the thing to remember it for everyone you know because there'll be people trying to take pot shots around you know and because that's just what social media is it's just gangs of dickheads roaming free um is that there's such a you're right that feeling of immense pride of just being there and knowing that we're on this stage we're on a stage that you can't take that away from us no. we might not win but you can't take away the fact that Every football fan in world football wants to be on that pitch. Uh-huh. Then, secondly, wants their team to be on that pitch. Then, thirdly, wants to be in the in the stands watching their team yeah. on that pitch. That's uh-huh. the, you know the, the hierarchy of all of all these things, and we get to do that. And it's the second time on the on the bounce of us doing it. So yeah, all the rest of it's just fucking noise, really, isn't it? Um, Bailey five thirty eight. I've got us at seventy two percent. Uh, chance of of winning the final. Wow. Um, I mean, bearing in mind that the others is like a 
seventy percent chance of winning the league at the, at the start of January because that's just how percentages work and what have you. Knowing that, how is that? How has that immediately impacted your anxiety of this of this game? I don't know because I, 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 if honestly, I feel okay because I feel I feel probably that's probably how I feel. I feel like again, we, you have to take them with a pinch of salt, and it's the same with like. You know, Lovren and Mignolet, when you play them, you're like, they've been fine for a year, but you know they've got something in them, and yeah. that underlying fear will always be here. And it's the same here. Like, I know, man for man, we're a better team than Tottenham. I know we've got a more accomplished manager than Tottenham. Okay, we've neither of us have won anything, but Klopp's been to way more finals than Pochettino. Mm-hmm. We've had a much better season. They've lost, like, 12, 13 games. We've lost one. Everything, if you took it into a pure statistical point of view, yeah. there's, that's the reason why it's, it, it's so... It swayed in our favour, but that, I, that stats like that, that they, they don't particularly phase because you're right. What, what does it mean? Yeah, they're, they're all changed by a ball going in off someone's ass. It, yeah. it, <laughs> I um, Ross, I want to talk about Jordan Henderson. I, I, I'm so pleased that we're now inhabiting a world where he's getting the fair credit for the performances because he's finally been allowed to put the performances in. Um, He's off. He's basically, you know, the perfect example of always the bridesmaid. Yeah. And I remember jo- joking, well, saying last season when they did that massive mural painting thing that they were they were they were selling. It was all like the the, the, the Liverpool players, past and present, and all the glorious ones. And Henderson's in there. And I thought I was thinking of all the stick he was getting, and that he could have ended up with the, the European Cup at the end of it. It's a year on. The situation hasn't changed in that regard, but it does feel as though. Jordan Henderson is finally in a position like he's put a lot. He's put the hard graft in. He's done the running for the team. He's he, he's been selfless. He's played out of position. He's done all these things. He's been a great leader on and off the pitch. He's finally been enabled, trusting that he's not going to be playing in the DM in this game. He's been handed the power to shape his own destiny and Liverpool's destiny. Yeah, I think he's always had it. I think you know. Those of the watch football as much as we do can appreciate his role and yeah. know that it's you know I call it a no frills non-flashy position that's what it is you know mm-hmm. win possession back recycle it give it to someone else and he's always had the, the, the Gerrard thing tarred against him you know he's never going to be Gerrard he doesn't do the 70-80 yard raking passes and he doesn't score worldies that's just not his game mm-hmm. and then you know Unbelievably, you know, he's, he's changed his role and he's got more assists and more goals to his game because he's, he's always he's, he's always he's always had it. And it was thirteen, fourteen, Henderson yeah. that, that had it. You know, he got he got the injuries. He did go out of form, but that's another thing that football fans do. You know, we're obviously quite fickle in, in the sense that you know, if someone's having a poor run of form for I don't know two months, that's them done. They're, they're immediately shit. Then they can never. But all the Chelsea it. fans the other week going on Kepa, best goalkeeper in the world. They fucking why hate them. Like yeah. two months earlier, they were going. You know, the, he was terrible, a waste of money, and blah blah. So you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. same with their same with their managers. Well. But like, yeah. I, I still yeah. say the same thing about John Matip. I thought John Matip was done. I thought ready to sell him, yeah. and he's, he showed his most consistent form since he's joined the club in the past three months. Like well, half the season, mate. Go back to yeah. go back oh, yeah. to that Napoli game. Yeah, they got us into the the, the knockouts. You know, he was phenomenal that night. He was brilliant, and he and he he broke his collarbone, mm-hmm. put a one big t- tasty header in right at right at the end yeah. of that game, and yeah. then he was out for out for January. And since he's come back into the team, he's been. But even a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. After that, or like the games after that, I'm still going, okay, he's going to stop now. He'll, he'll dip off now. Go back yeah. now. Yeah. That's it. Oh, Lovren, I think Lovren came in for the Porto game and Lovren was sound. And then Mata came back in. It's like, okay, so I'm back to the squad thing that we had before. Uh, but Jordan Henderson's, in my opinion, has always had it. He's just, he's been the, the scapegoat when things haven't gone well, or you know, he's just had he has to be the person that you have to have a guard because he's probably the English not glorious thing, is it? You know, tennis is not really the, the sort of messy name, is it really? It's, too, it's very, very difficult for English players to win when players. It's like I hated Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes is fucking brilliant at football, but I thought he was shit because he was ginger. Well, because I only saw him play for England. <laughs> And he was ne- he was never quite as good for, for England as he was for, for Manchester United. I just see him as being dead lazy and, and giving Louis loads of bookings and uh, yeah, he, he was shit. And then he'd score, and then you'd be I'd ever go, that was a great performance. It was a great performance. He just scored a goal, but he scored a goal. You know what I mean? So that's the thing with being an English player. It needs natural biases because more often you're not. You think you know better. It's you watch those games more more than you do. You know less so in the, the, these days, of course. With England, because no one gives a fuck. Um, but you do. It's harder for it. People don't like Lalana. People don't like Henderson. And it's probably someone else. Should, there's always someone else. There's always some wonder kid who should be in the side ahead of these lads. And he probably doesn't get the credit because, like you said, he was he's out of position. You know, someone could have flopped there or said no, couldn't mm. he? And he's just like sucking, seeing, and just cracked on. And then we had wait for Fabinho, built the trust with Fabinho for him to then go forward mm-hmm. and unlock thirteen. Henderson. To me, Jordan Henderson. And obviously there was the McCullough video that got made about him. I can't remember what the title was. John Lennon's the worst player to win the Premier League, I think it was, wasn't it, yeah. that he made? But I couldn't have a, an opinion further away from that in that I think John Henson's exactly the man we needed to take that armband when yeah. Stephen Gerrard left. He, he, we were in one of the worst positions we'd been in, facing such a huge rebuild. And you need... The mark of a, a real captain is a man who can put everything on his back, take all the stick and still be the captain. And I don't think we had a guy in our team like Jordan Henson that could do that. And like it, it, it shows now like with Ashley Young and Paul Pogba, you know, two guys that share the captaincy at United, two guys that get the most stick in that team. Because when you are the captain, you are the focal point. And I think Jordan Henson always knew, I don't care if people say my, my, if my, um, the way I play is bad, I don't care if they say I don't contribute. But as long as the team in general isn't getting as much stick because I'm getting the stick... That's fine, and I think that's the best quality about John Henson. Is 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 like the Dark Knight. You know, he's a man that doesn't need all the praise, doesn't need all the plaudits. He just needs to be the glue, yeah. and it's what Liverpool's needed ever since he was made the captain. Exactly, he's not a, not a, he's not a fashionable player. Is he? he's not? You know, it's one of the things like people rate Busquets really highly because he's brilliant, but like you don't you don't pay to see Sergio Busquets. 
you don't pay to see him. You know, you get to see him, and if you really appreciate that role, you'll you'll watch it and you'll study oh. it, and you'll get whatever you want to get out of watching yeah. him. Um, you go for Messi, and you go for Suarez, and you go for all the box players, the Neymar's at the time, and etc. Oh. etc. What's the one thing I think is really interesting about Henderson is that look, it's it's a short sample range, but what I what we're able to do is I I can pick up this last this last two months of the season or six weeks of the season when Henderson's been in this form, Ben, and I just tie that back into the Henderson that I remember from a few seasons ago when he was playing. That's what he was playing like week in week out for us. 13, 14 and beyond before he got the, the he had plantar fasciitis you know, the heel injury so he was out for fucking or never a full, at the peak of his powers after then Jer- Henderson in this form that he's been in the back end of the season is a far better player than the last the last two three seasons of Steven Gerrard yeah. because yeah. The, the, you know and, that, and that's the beauty of what he's getting to do and it's funny because I remarked to him I was off camera after we'd finished, finished doing the interview with him this week. The last time I spoke to Henderson was two seasons ago in pre-season. And I said, Jordan, I want 10 goals out of you this out of this, this year. Because he was gearing up to it. He was ready for it. And then he got me. And I said to him, as he was leaving, I said, Jordan, I'm dead sorry for, for demanding 10 yeah. goals from me. I didn't know you'd be playing in the fucking DM for, for two seasons. And he burst out laughing. And he was like... Next season, like you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like laughing, it's like, and that's what I, I love about that is it's a, it's a man right there who's feels like he's free, he feels like he's enjoying his football, and he, he's he's just been waiting for this time to shine. Yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't be happy for him because you know we're gonna we're gonna see now a version of him that he wants to be. It must have been the last two years must have been so frustrating because look. I'm sure, like he, he, he doesn't read every comment that comes his way, but like he, you can't avoid it. You know, if he has a bad game in the six, and he, you know, as as the players do, they post an Instagram or whatever. He'll have seen bits and bobs of yeah. abuse, and he'll have been like, it's it's not. He'll have been saying stuff. This isn't just frustrating because I'm not playing well, but this is frustrating because I don't want to be playing here. You know, it's like we praised Milner for years for doing roles with the team. He played left-back for a season. Oh, that's great. You know, he's happy to step up. I don't think Jordan Henderson gets enough credit for that. John, that, that captain's armband is such... And, and the fact that we paid loads of money for him and he's been... We've watched him grow is to his detriment in some regards, yeah. isn't it? Because he's been there long enough and he was young enough when he signed that people still harbour those, you know, like doubts about him from the, from, from the early days. Milner's just got to come in and... He gets to just be Milner, doesn't he? Henderson yeah. doesn't get the freedom. Isn't yeah. afforded the same freedom. Because that's what the that's what the pressure of the armband brings, yeah. particularly when you're following Steven Gerrard. And and I, I think the the problem that he had was because Steven Gerrard was captain for so long and so influential to this club for so long in a variety of different teams. There's a whole generation of fans there who were like me, basically, who had grown up with Steven Gerrard as their captain, who perhaps weren't ready for change or yeah. didn't know what change felt like in that sense. Was, and I think that was, as a result, yeah. you end up with so much more pressure on Jordan Henderson. It's funny because the Henderson stuff and the, and the Gerrard stuff is that I grew, I watched Gerrard grow up through this team. Mm. So I remember the early days of Gerrard when he was in and out and he was rash and he was, you know, yeah. and he was a, a DM and he wasn't, he was, a, he was a, a real talent, but he wasn't Stephen Gerrard, the god of football. No. And that's the that's what I remember of him because exactly. Stephen Gerrard made his debut about ten days before I was born. So, so <laughs> up until I was sixteen. Steven Gerrard had never not been a Liverpool player for yeah. me. So so I'd grown up but beginning to remember football probably from around 2005 onwards. And Steven Gerrard was, well, he was the Steven Gerrard yeah. that we but all know and love. And, and, and it's not just the Liverpool stuff. Like The era of football that I've watched, I've been blessed to see so many talents, but all of which the big captains I remember have been shabby at Barcelona. They've been 
Totti, they've been Pirlo, yeah. all midfield players that have, been, have gone down as at the top of the sort of club legends list for their respective clubs. And we had Steven Gerrard, so it felt like we were in the ring yeah. with these guys who were at the powerhouses. And then to fall off from that, uh, well, say fall off, it felt like a fall off at the time from Gerrard to Henderson. It was but just, but, but, it, it, but was like, it was, it was, because, yeah. yeah. well, you know, well, no, I don't know exactly, like, you I mean, it's a drop off Jordan Henderson's not. Steven Gerrard, not yeah. good enough. He's a different player. He's not. He's not. He's not the. the he's never going to be the best player in the world. Mm. But the point is, is that you're right, and it's hard. And you know, Chelsea kind of suffering from the thing now. Like you know, you, it'd be even more interesting when Hazard goes, of course. But you don't replace Frank Lampard, and you don't replace John Terry. Yeah. You don't. Well, you don't replace. Wayne Rooney or Rio Ferdinand or Giggs and Beckham, you know what I mean? You don't, you, you can't, repl- you can't replace his yeah. life. And heaven help anyone who is fucking hell. Man United replaced Cristiano Ronaldo with Antonio Valencia. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's replaced left. They replaced back. Ferguson with Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still trying to fucking do it now. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Like um, so. Now more more part ends. And and the, the interesting thing about it, and this is why I wanted for there's two players I really wanted for. And we'll talk about the other one in a second, but I want it more for more than any other player is it ever. Trent. No. It's oh. it's I want it for I want it for Henderson because because I think he is his service to the club I think and I think all the negativity and stuff that goes around and there's always going to be people who dislike players there always isn't you can pick some actual actual legends the people that we don't even bat an eyelid we just consider a legend mm-hmm. they were hated by groups of fans because it's just people are just odd when you start winning silverware and you start holding trophies up people people forget. All of those bad and the fallow periods, and they forget yeah. the struggle. No, and, and no one remembers that Zabi Alonso had two good seasons in the time that he was at Liverpool, and he was crap. He wasn't, well, he wasn't crap, but he wasn't the Zabi Alonso that everyone remembers in the in yeah. the middle years. Mm-hmm. He was good in the first season. We won the European Cup. He was a bit, he was a bit up and down for a few, for a couple of seasons in between, and then he was amazing in his final season. And everyone, and, of, and then he goes on, he goes to Real Madrid, and he has this great successful career, lifting all these things. For Jordan Henderson. Just to put all the doubters to bed, I mm. fucking love it. The other one, and I, to be fair, you've said Trent. Maybe there's three. Um, <laughs> there, there is the Trent thing, but I think Trent's gonna have years and years to do all True. these things. For me, Ross, it's Mohamed Salah. This we talked about it already, and in get the injury is he was set to be the biggest global superstar on the planet. He was gonna win the Ballon d'Or. He was, you know, and he was gonna stride into the World Cup and cause real problems for, you know, the teams that Egypt were coming up against. And he basically had all of that robbed from him. Um without this being a, a let's dig out Sergio Ramos thing, because look, let's be honest, if Dejan Lovren, Joel Matip, Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander Arnold do that to Harry Kane on Saturday and it causes Spurs to fucking lose, so, yep. won't bat an eyelid. Yep. The hypocrisy of football, ladies and gentlemen. Um but Mo Salah to be to pick himself up and to go again, I I I want him. I want it to be him. I want him to have the decisive factor. I want him to score the decisive goal. I want him to have that moment. I think don't think you know, there's a nicer man in football. Is there really? <coughs> there's all that stuff, and he had such a successful season, and just to get that last trophy, I think you can make a case for everyone in, in that sense. But for, for Mo Salah, I think he, he you know he, in that sense he, he does deserve it. I am. Um, there's loads of people you pick for. I want it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Never mind him. I need this in my life. He's all right. Yeah. We should all be all like that, aren't we? You know, yeah. that's the reason we want it. Look, here's the thing. We're all going to support Liverpool 
whether we win or lose mm. the final, yeah. we've got no choice. We've chosen our football club. Sadly, it's not like a, it's not like me giving up on Kevin Smith films because he became fucking rubbish yeah, uh, at making films, you know, or M Night Shyamalan because his, all his films became shite. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I can't you can walk away from certain things. You walk away from games consoles and directors and, and authors and poets. And you walk up on music bands. I talked about the Arctic Monkeys the other day. Love the Arctic Monkeys. One of my favorite bands ever. And then I heard the third album and I was like, nah, not for me. And I walked away from the Arctic uh, Monkeys. We can't walk away from Liverpool. Well, most hell didn't. But, I, I think that was not not a major difference. But you know, he kind of was like our, our Suarez or our Torres in that sense, mm-hmm. wasn't he? And they, we didn't win stuff with them, and they soon fucked off. And mm-hmm. most hell was like, actually, no, I'm sticking around. This team's pretty good. Yeah, and you got know. Sadio Mane being asked about the um, Real Madrid or Juventus links or whatever, and he's just like, I'm playing a team that no. beats the big teams. You're all right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But this is this is this is the thing, isn't it? Ben is that Ross is right. We want it for us. Yeah. We're fans, we, you know, and this is this is entitlement, by the way. And this is because this is there'll be fans of other teams watching it. And I hope people can appreciate if you're a fan of another club, this might seem like entitled and it might seem a bit arrogant or whatever. When I say we deserve this, we don't deserve it any more than fans of any other football club deserve it. But we all feel as though our, for the love that we poured yeah. in, for the time and effort, if our club got to this stage, and no matter who our club was, we would feel as though we deserved some sort of reward for it all. That's just 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 the way it is. Yeah. For the dogs abuse that we've suffered, for the Gerard slip memes, for the fucking this whole Liverpool being this banter club for your entire fandom pretty much yeah. of being Liverpool <laughs> and look, but I say this I had, Istanbul sustains me I'm still I'm still the same age yeah. I was in my ads when we won that it doesn't feel like two minutes ago I, I had that and I had the Do FA Cup dead old now not even no but, you know, but mentally no physically yes yeah. um, <laughs> but this is the thing for, the, for, the, for this generation and ahead of the Istanbul thing Gerard and Carragher come out and, ever, and the, 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 the watchwords where we've all heard the stories We've been told it by our dads and by our uncles yeah. and by our big brothers. We want to write that. We want to write our own chapter. And for me, for your generation, you being Bailey, I want this for me, but I want it for you more than anything else. Yeah, I I wrote an article on this last year um, that I, we might reshare. I suppose you know, it's basically a copy and paste job for the, for this Ross. year because no. it was it was it was. <laughs> oh, content already. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it was that. It was that. I'm just. It's all well and good, but I'm I'm a bit sick of being told how good Liverpool were in the eighties yeah. because yeah, great. You know, so many people bang on about oh look at Kenny Dalglish and how good he was. Yeah, fine, fine, great. I don't I don't know. I didn't see it. I, you know, I, right now I'm I'm looking back and I'm going. My life consists of Carrius throwing two in, Stephen Jard falling over, losing on penalties to Manchester City, um, Andy Carroll being thrown away a heart, a five millimetres away. Yeah, Aaron Carroll being five millimetres away from equalising. Yeah, uh, you know, Athens, Athens was pretty much the first one that I remember. You know, oh eight, oh nine. I didn't know what you said then. City beating us by a point. Thanks, Ross. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so no, yeah, but this is why this this is we've got so, a, genera- a so, generation yeah. of anxious. Yeah. Uh, fearful yeah. and really like really edgy nervous and I'll be honest not you Ben but like really annoying Liverpool fans yeah. who have and, I, and again I'm going to call you use all shit houses I'm not I'm not tired everyone with that but the, the, you, of course you're right to feel doubt and you're right to yeah. feel like everything's going to go wrong because you've done nothing but watch Liverpool get close and fucking break your heart it's almost like it's all, I'm just waiting for that closure it's all, like you saying there like 
I'm, look, and I won't if we win. But you saying that you can't walk away, it's almost like, well, if we win something, I can be like, well, I could die tomorrow yes, and I'll yes, be an yes, happy yes, man yes, yes, yes. because yeah. that's what I, all I want and I'm going to be in that ground. And so all I want is that moment of, well, there it is. I've seen it. Those players have got that trophy yeah. in front of me. This is my, Nobody can take this away from me. And that that is all I'm crying out for yeah. in, in, in life. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> same. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I had conversation with my... United mates last year is when we got to the final and we had a massive debate with him and he was like, nobody remembers you if you finish second. And I was like, at the time, it, I was really emotional about it. I was like, but you don't understand as not being a Liverpool fan, the journey we've been on to just be here yeah. is just such a relief. Like that like last season just to be there was just refreshing because we're like, right, we're back. Like we, the, the, the flashes of, like I say, I was seven in 2005, 13-14 was a flash in the pan and that was when I really sort of really got super excited into in, in football and that was like this was my moment as an older person that I can be like okay this is the Liverpool team that I've supported since I was born I can say this is my generation of, of success but then like watching Arsenal last night in Chelsea I'm, I'm gonna remember Arsenal losing the Europa League like in, in, and that's like you say hypocrisy in football that's the reason that's the reason and it's very easy for me to go and get emotional about us getting to the final but for United fan the fact we lost it's like well, yeah it's, it's, it goes back to this thing, and it, it shouldn't matter because it, I'm, I, look, I'm, we're all being sustained, hopefully, by Liverpool being brilliant. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm still tired. We're all tired by the, the the pains and the suffering of the, of, you know, of the of Liverpool not being what we believe Liverpool to be, what we've been taught Liverpool's supposed to be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it is, and to be honest, again, because we do live in this modern world where we where we are connected to so many knobheads of other football yeah. clubs I, I, I and it's something that usual feel more slightly more acutely than me again because I, I, I can at least I have these visions in yeah. my mind I was there in, when we won the two domestic cups in 2001 you know I've, see, I've seen us lift trophies with me, with, me, with me own eyes but it'd be fucking glorious it would be lovely as a nice little addition as a little sub story as a sidebar as the you know as, a, as the sprinkles on top of the cream the cherry and all that on top of this amazing cake for all the Man United fans who go oh you think you're really good all of a sudden uh, and like, we fucking are with the champions of Europe lads yeah. get back in your fucking hole yeah. and you know I we had one season the best Liverpool chant of all time is we are the champions champions of Europe and I've never felt more like I've never enjoyed being, being more happy to sing something on the terraces as I was in that in that season mm-hmm. following Istanbul and I can't. I, I want very much for the, all of you to be able to experience that because me too, Paul. Oh, it's so good, lads. It's so good when Liverpool are brilliant and they win things. Um, <coughs> but in addition to this, one note on it all. Why it's different, Ross? And you, you know you're, you're still significantly younger than me, but not. But obviously in, a, in the middle generation, I guess between these guys, is that. This is di- this is different. This does feel. This doesn't feel like a continue a, 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 a resurgence of my Liverpool, of our Liverpool, the one that does it the hard way. It feels more like a resurgence of the Liverpool that we were we grew up being told about, the the dominant seventies yeah. and eighties Liverpool side. I think you can see it in the quality of the squad. Now we look around, you imagine the characters and, and the quality that's there. That's why it feels different. You know, two thousand and five. You know, you look back at some of the players in that team and the, and the team that we faced. of just going. We shouldn't really be here. We were we were boys amongst men in that sense, and it's the other way around this time. I think you know mm-hmm. the leaders are men. In fact, you know, ninety-seven points on on the table, and there's just a whole different mentality, which I said before resonates with with the fans now. I think of it's not it's not self entitlement. It's it's confidence, and it's so different to to want that. And it's not like we deserve 
like you said before, we deserve to win it. It's like, you know, we, you can deserve to be there, can't you? And it's like, I'm, I'm fine with that, which, which is how far this has All you can ever ask is just for your football team to be... All you can ever ask is for your football, players in your football team to work their absolute bollocks yeah. off at any given time. Because it's not their fault that they play for your team. Someone else has chosen them to play for your team. It's not their fault that, that you know they've been selected for that given match. But all you want to see is them go out and perform to the best of their abilities. It's all made loads easier when your football club gets its act, in, act together and gets a good tactical plan for them to adhere to and buys the best players they can possibly get to fit mm-hmm. all this stuff. The whole thing is easier. But all we, all we, all we are entitled to two is that if we pay our money that the people do everything in their power to win stuff for us and yeah. past that everything else is a bonus but um, it would just be nice it's, if it's, we could just fucking do it yeah, <laughs> the players will be the same though you mentioned before they were there last season you know I think Klopp might have mentioned in his press conference again it's like the target was always to, to win it this season yeah. you know, getting there last season was the, was the target and we did that mm. you know I don't know I've said this a lot of times about you know, the, the driving lesson or driving test thing you've got, we know what's coming now we know what to expect yeah. it's like that's all the media stuff the side issues to them go it's routine almost because they've been there and they've done it and it's like they can put the full concentration into the game studying mm. the Spurs players and go actually I've got a fucking job to do it so I, do it. I, it's the it's the fact that we constantly have to sort of double check ourselves when we say deserve because it's you don't want it to such a word that you know that gets bantered around on Twitter and say you, you're not entitled to anything. You're right, you, we're not entitled to these football fans. But we don't deserve it any more or less than Spurs do. No, but well, I feel as though we deserve it but because I do because this is my experience but, of but, football. But it's the fact that we've I've done like you said we just spoke about the the heartache of the last 15 years of football that I remember and winning like two trophies in my memory of which well the same memory that I've watched back on television and it's the fact that. Even like going through all that heartache and constantly supporting them, every every fan has that. That's that's something that's, that's that everyone shares. But not a lot of teams share being really really good and having nothing to show for it. And that's how I've that. And that's the working hard thing that we've had as fans is that we've dragged ourselves from a league cup to a Europa League to a Champions League and losing and losing and losing. And now I feel like like we're on the brink of like a two P machine. And like as soon as one falls, everything comes down. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's just that. Being on the edge and just like just fall this year, I don't want to have to wait another year for it. Yeah, it feels like a reward. It would feel like a reward if we won it. Just for like I don't want it for the club. I want it for my emotional state. Just want relief. Going, this is what you've yeah. been through for like, even this season. This is just so hard. I was going right. You've been through all that. Thanks. Here, well, that, here again, you go. it goes back to the, the the selfish side of things, and I because I, I think I think a lot about what we do and Redmen and the wider thing and what that means and the whole fan TV thing. Um, that we are, you know, we created and we're out, we're embroiled in and we're part of and we get tarred with the similar with brushes of, of, of negatives. And this is not a dig at Arsenal fan TV, which people will think it is because loads of people do <laughs> content, people film people outside the grounds and people do just really f- shit stuff that makes us all look like knobheads and lunatics. What I love is the spirit of positivity. I love the fact that our, the, our videos go viral for the right reasons, because people love the atmosphere and they love the songs and they love the you know, the, the smiles and the happiness and they love the fucking positive, they love the positivity, they love, they love that. And it, 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 Kiev cut the fucking legs off that last year. Like, that should have been the crown and glory. I've been doing this for 10 years and all we've ever tried to do is, is, to, is to promote the, the Scouse culture. Unity. To promote, yeah, exactly, to promote the, 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 the glass half full, not blindly, stupidly, so not happy, clappy dickheads, but, like... It's boss being a Liverpool fan, even when we're shit, you know, and to try and sell that. And now when it is boss, I just, for me and for for our industry and all that, I'm, I'm desperate for it just so that we can do, we can put those videos out there and we can talk about it and people can go, wow, yeah, look, it's possible 
so it's possible to to create content that doesn't need it doesn't need to be it's not sex and it's not fucking misery in order to get views it's not angry people shouting at things like you know because it works for FIFA as well as it works for football, you know what I mean, and all those things. I'd love it for that. I just love it. I'd love to. I just want to be able to be there. I started this channel amid the ownership protests. You know, we were we were recording fans protesting outside of Anfield. Yeah. You know, singing about getting the, the Yanks out and all this kind of stuff. I'd love to be able to just come full circle and have it be Liverpool go from basically, you know, in our time we went from the brink of administration to Champions of Europe. To, to, to Champions of Europe would be absolutely unreal. Um, so. Ben, you're watching it in Madrid. We know this. Where are you two watching it? <laughs> I had a plan to watch it in the Echo. So they had the tickets on there. So they had like seating and standing. We mum, dad and brother wanted to come as well. Um, so I managed to get two tickets for the standing because I had a fuck sitting down watching it. I couldn't be asked for that. And then tried to get seating tickets then the next day and they sold out in 10 minutes. It's like a sound. And then my grandparents had come down and I stayed in the <coughs> week. So I'm essentially watching it at home now. But a little family affair. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of warm tins. Well, yeah, I've got the little one as well, so I can't get absolutely smashed. It's a bit of a shame. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Just a reaction as it, as it happens. Bailey? Yeah, I'm the opposite. Oh, that's my plan. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sound with Tom, A, because he's my boyfriend, and B, because it's uh, it was it was boss. We went, I went there for... Um, for the last game of the season, and it was just it was packed. You were there, weren't you, Burn? And it was, oh yeah. And it was it was packed everywhere. Yeah. Like there were people were getting city notifications before, and everyone's like, "What's mm. happening?" And um, to, to to be able to watch it in a place that's just really understand what it matters. Like that's exactly what I, why I moved to Liverpool. Amazing. And um, we're gonna answer a few of your questions. Some of them pertaining to the Champions League final. Before we do so, I've got it. I've got loads of brilliant stuff that I need to highlight to all of you. But the the, the main one I'm pushing forward. Chris interviewed. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Jordan Henderson. There's a clip out on uh, YouTube now for free. The full interview's on the RedmenTV.com. Have a listen. Well, like Ox said, like, I've known Ox since like 21, so a long time now. Um, I've been telling to come for years, I think. Years. years and years. Is that, is that okay. right, yeah? Yes. Yeah. I, rem- I remember at Anfield, I don't know how long, we were in goal kit and you yeah. scored a last-minute equaliser. I was fuming at the end of the game. We drew 2-2, uh, but we probably should have held on for the win. At the end of the game, the only thing he came over and said is, come on, it's, <laughs> it's time. time. It's time. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> and honestly, I just... He was right, thought, though. Um, yeah, he, well, it turns out he was in the end. I mean, at, that, at that point, I was fuming we didn't manage to win. Um, but no, he, he's been telling me for, for a good few years to come. Uh, and when the opportunity did come up, uh, it just made sense for me. I can't stress how good this interview is. I, I, we got told this, we, we begged, told and borrowed our way into the media day. And I'd, I'd, been, I'd been asking and pestering, like, can we have Henderson? Can we have Henderson? Can we have Henderson? And, they, and we got off of both Henderson and, and Chamberlain. But we got told with like an hour beforehand. So it was like, oh, shit, we've got to think of something to, mm. to talk about. And Chris got his head down, prepared some questions. And I said, uh, you know, I've, we've made a bit of a joke of it, obviously. Can't, it can't go to the final because he, he accidentally, without thinking, booked his holiday a year ago on the dates. He's gutted. I don't want to continue to wind him up over that because it's not nice. Watch um, MXP for that. Watch the Mage Paycheck channel where Jürgen Klopp winds him up instead. <laughs> um, so I said, look, one, you have you have this interview because I wanted to give him something better. And he's absolutely nailed it. The, the camaraderie between the two of them, the laughs, the joking, the little real great insight into the mentality. Oxley Chamberlain talking about 
coming off, coming back into the the game against Huddersfield and breaking into the box and it being his chance to, to you know, to he's been dreaming of this for twelve months and scuffing a shot and and him pissing himself laughing talking about what was going through his head. All that stuff's in there. A little preview, obviously, of the Champions League final, etc. We've also got a full uh, interview there with Jurgen Klopp, which I did, and Jeannie Wijnaldum as well in the in the mix zone there. There is the extended version of the Boss Night Unplugged, which is, I think it's the best thing we've ever done. I, I absolutely adore it. So it's Jamie Webster and Kieran Molyneux playing the best Liverpool songs from the Boss Night stuff and talking about their inspirations, their lives, the motivations around it. Proper fascinating stuff. Uh, there's a short version of that. There's just loads. Go on the redmentv.com, just sign up, just do it. We give you this shit for free every single week. And if you look, if you like it, if you enjoy it and you want to support what we do, if you want to back us, back Redmen TV, back fan TV back positive fan TV then go and subscribe to the redmentv.com and we will reward you with a shit ton of brilliant content I think that's only fair um, <laughs> Billy Ramsey favourite celebration of the season it can be a personal one team one some fella in a bar or a player one bizarrely for me it's, you, you were, no, you were hesitating right. just you were dove hesitating. in there I love it um, Dave Okarigi scoring against Everton and decided to pick the ball up and take it back to the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do that? Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's like, it's like, oh, I've won. Uh, okay. Um, and football. He just, yeah, football. Life, yes. And obviously Klopp's running on the pitch and all that. But but that, it, it was just really <laughs> bizarre and confusing to yeah. watch him. That's really... Mine's to Barcelona. 4 nil with all the players and staff that are lined up. Yeah. And Ross and you never walk alone. It's like, he just gets me every fucking time. It's like, you know, walk alone it means a lot to people for different reasons, and it's got really emotional like connotations with it and stuff. And it's like I was watching that. I remember sat with my dad, and it's like we were both just like, "Go, Jesus Christ!" Uh, uh, mine was Salah against Chelsea after he scored his his Weldy for many reasons. A because it came that goal obviously came off the back of you know the, the West Ham and Chelsea racism stuff mm-hmm. in that in that same week. B he didn't celebrate against Chelsea uh, last season, and this time it was like a mix of both. Like, it's him giving it the, the peace sign, saying, oh, I'm a pacifist, I don't give a shit to what you call me. And then also saying, like, I'm, I'm this is not me celebrating, but I'm also really, really celebrating. You know, I mean, he's not giving it the, the, the big yeah. fist bumps and stuff. He's just going, I'm the shit. That's it. <laughs> yeah. My one, there's so many to choose from. The Origi stuff, just more from, like, nearly like, nearly falling down the cop celebrating that goal. But the it was actually... And I, Size doing the road to Madrid documentary at the moment. I think it's going up on the website Thursday, Friday, Friday. Thursday, YouTube Friday. Thursday, Thursday, Friday. Um, it's amazing. But I found the video. He was asking for the the the, the Trent corner, Divock Origi fourth goal, and I stumbled upon the full time whistle. That celebration at the full time whistle of the Barcelona game, like. We celebrated that like the biggest goal we'd ever, we'd ever scored, and it's so rare that you get that. You have that, you know, you've had those sense of relief for times, like way the full time whistle, woo! But it was like just the scream. It was, it was like screaming and celebrating and grabbing people and hugging stuff. Yeah, I, I um, I've never felt a, a, a full time celebration quite like that. So that's mine. Let us know yours in the comments. Right, we're gonna leave you there. We're gonna pack up, pack up our stuff, get ourselves ready, get our heads on straight, fill our boots full of phenomenal Redmen TV content, yeah, ahead of the game. Um, make sure you get involved. Do subscribe to the redmentv.com. Drop a like on this video if you enjoyed it. If you listen to it on podcasting services, give it a five-star review as well. Gentlemen, see you on once the more side. into the breach. Yeah, see you on the other side. Walk on. <laughs>